Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... <laughs> you yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Welcome in Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fans see Sparky Pfeiffer with you broadcasting live from the Lakeland University studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. couple of things to start off. First things first. AR, do you remember last week, Friday, I think it was. Did I vent Friday, was it? You, yes, I know okay. exactly where you're going with this. Okay, so Friday... I vented to start the show about a bunch of different things. It wasn't meant to be that way, but I kind of uh, lost control a little bit. It just started yelling about a bunch of different things that irritated me. And one of the things was these checkout lanes, these self-checkout. Drove me nuts. I can't stand it. So, as we all know, everybody listens to Sparky's Midday Madness. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, but CNN... Uh, wrote a story now on why everybody doesn't like these self-checkouts and what bothers everybody about these self-checkouts. Which I I hadn't seen uh, the article. Until Toby Altizer, who's filling in on the Fan Afternoon show uh, for the next couple of weeks, this week and next week, he quote-tweeted it and thought, I don't understand how anybody doesn't like these. Like, I, I don't get it. 
So I immediately fired back. And he and I went back and forth on Twitter for a little bit this morning, back and forth. It wasn't aggressive or anything like that, but just going back and forth. And he's just like, just cannot grasp why I would not like these things. So we are going to talk about this, whether he wants to or not. We are going to have this conversation on the madness in the crosstalk segment coming up about 245, 250, somewhere in that area. We're going to have that conversation. A listener, Keith, pointed out in our conversation that Toby and I were having, he interjected as he was watching this play out on Twitter and said, Toby, it's an age thing. And I said, you're right. Now, everybody is different, obviously, so maybe this doesn't go exactly down the line, but I do think it's an age thing. I think older people like me don't like them, and I think younger people are cool with them and totally fine with it. I I think that's truly kind of what it is. And then Bart was made aware of our little Twitter thing going on this morning by Bonamago Jr., who was producing for Bart. So then Bart put his two cents in on the morning show about people that think um, they shouldn't have to bag their own groceries because that's not their job. That should be the job of somebody there to do it, and ain't nobody paying them to bag their own groceries or some type of uh, crazy argument like that. Now, it's never been my point of view on it one way or the other, but I feel like there's something here uh, with this whole conversation about these self-checkouts, uh, AR, at at the stores. Well, it's interesting here I'm on this Twitter thread that you and Toby were engaging in this morning, and there was a comment made in that thread that I think kind of encapsulates things pretty well for me. Uh, they said, I don't hate the concept of self-checkout. What I don't like is only one normal lane available, and thus everyone else on a busy evening is forced to use them and depend on everyone else being smart and succinct. And then there's those fateful words, please wait for assistance, dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. That person in the thread was me. And you have one person, normally, trying to wrangle up four to six of these these self-service checkout things, and... Then you have, let's say, two or three people that need assistance, and now they're having to wait for one said person to come over and help that person. And then you might have one person running a cashier register while there's nine of them that are empty. So why are we keeping them? You're never going to use them again. Like I, that, For me, that's what I don't understand. It, it would be one thing if you're just going to say, you know what, tag with it. We're going to save money. This is cost-cutting. We don't want to pay all of our employees. Uh, as many as we've had. So because of all the times, because that's, to me, I think that's exactly what this is, is cost cutting, because you're saving having to pay all these people. So I can't have one person uh, monitor six machines, let's say, versus having six people running six different checkout lines. You understand? So to me, it is all about cost cutting, and that's why these companies are doing it, to make themselves more money at the end of the day, which is fine. That's the job of a person running their companies, to make as much money for themselves as they can. I get that. No question. But then why have all of these, why not just pull them out well, because- and have two, let's say, and you can use the second one for like Christmas and Thanksgiving, and then the rest of them do something else with the rest of the rest of the space in the store. Well, I just think it's because we are in right now the transition period where a lot of these places that we know, they know, everybody knows what the way of the future is going to be, whether we like it or not. It's just that right now, a lot of these stores physically have not yet made that transition Correct. to what we know is going to be coming. Right. There's one box store, like I said, that is going around and literally taking out all this, the the uh, checkout lanes and making go through uh, the self-service lanes. And there's one by my house, which I I don't go to anymore. I just won't. I'm not going to go sit there and go through that, so you'll never see me in that store again. I, and as more of this happens, what I think I'll end up having to do, more than likely is, I'll just, just 
go to Amazon and just buy everything on Amazon going forward, and I'll just stop dealing with the rest of this nonsense. Because if I'm going to have it, have it delivered anyhow, I'm also go the cheap route and get the cheapest stuff I can find. And I guess if you do still want that in-store experience, there's always Whole Foods that's under that Bezos umbrella. Uh, but isn't that going to go the same way? And probably, but if yeah. you're just craving that in-person experience, yeah. there it is. I love the in-person experience. I, I to me, that that's what it's all about. But either way, so we'll get more into that. We wasted eight minutes. We didn't have to waste there. But uh, we'll get more into that with Toby Altizer and get his side of uh, things coming up. All right. So this is this is kind of what I want to know. And, and again, I was uh, at a baseball tournament over the weekend, and one of the parents uh, of one of the kids came up to me, and he was like, this was yesterday. He's like, Spark, he's like, uh, or he calls me Steve. He's like, any chance you're going to talk about Wimbledon tomorrow? No. No, I'm not. No. Mm. But it was really good. And da, 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 da. Uh, no. So that that's what I, I said yesterday, right? Did the big show meeting. Nobody pitched a Wimbledon topic. Never came up, whatever. Now, I, yesterday, because he got into my head thinking about this, like, all right. So how do I how do I incorporate Wimbledon whilst not losing most of my audience because I'm going to talk tennis? How how do I make this work? Curios is that how you say this dude's name? Correct. Yeah, th- he he helped me out here a little bit. Yeah, it shouldn't be coming down to your opinion. You're distracting me when I'm serving in a Wimbledon final. There's no other bigger occasion. You didn't believe me, and then she did it again. It nearly cost me the game. Yeah, okay, but why is she still here? She's drunk out of her mind in the first row, speaking to me in the middle of the game. What's acceptable? Nothing is acceptable. Okay, so keep her out. I don't know which one it is. I know exactly which one it is. Tell me. It's the one in the dress with the... The one that looks like she's had about 700 drinks, bro. 700 drinks. That's quite a few. There's a, there's a woman who might have said something at the wrong time, but I didn't have about talking to him between every single point. There's a guy with an Akubra hat who I assume is an Aussie supporter who had a word with her about 10 feet away. So Kyrgios is going off to the line judge about getting rid of this lady that was essentially talking to him in the middle of his serve and everything else and was distracting him. And he's like, it could have cost me the match. Like, get her out of here. And he was saying that she was drunk. And then at one point he's like, ah, she's like 700 drinks in. How do you not know which one it is? Looking over there uh, at, at, at the lady. So here's my question, because I'm old enough, as some of you are that listen to this station, to remember John McEnroe, Yvonne Lindell, uh, Boris Becker, Jimmy Connors, right? Those guys. And I can take it from that group there, and I can take it to golf, right? Trevino, Chichi Rodriguez, Arnold Palmer, uh, Jack, those guys. So if you take like both those groups of people I just said, entertaining, right? Entertaining personalities, got all of that stuff going on. Now, this curious dude, if you don't know much about him, he's a different dude than the rest of these guys by far. Opinionated, running his mouth, talking, big personality. That's who this dude is. Now, not for everyone. Not everyone's going to root for him. People are probably going to root against him in some situations, and that's okay. What I want to know from you is this. What sport that you don't watch 
do you think you would watch if it had blank in it or if it if this was different about the sport so for instance i'll use soccer as an example so many of you would never be caught dead watching a soccer game on tv because what most of you will tell me and others is it's boring there's not enough scoring it's just dudes or girls running back and forth up and down put me to sleep in fairness I can get down to put me to sleep because that's what golf does to me puts me to sleep lying on a couch on a Sunday or Saturday whatever and it's on I'm going to fall asleep, guaranteed, nine out of ten times trying to watch a golf tournament. So I understand that. But I think I have the solution, I think, for pretty much all these sports that aren't in the big three or big four, right? So big three is NFL, MLB, NBA. If you want to say four, then it's the NHL, okay? So outside of those four, how do you get casual fan or fan that's questioning whether or not they should watch to buy in and watch said sport? I think I have an answer. I think it's a universal answer for all sports. You pick a sport that you don't like. And I bet you when you hear my answer to all of this, you're going to be like, yeah, I might watch that. Because you have social media. Because you have all these sports talk radio stations all over the country, because you have all of these sports stations on TV, right? Fox One uh, or FS1, ESPN, CBS Sports, NBC Tribe, they're gone now. But So that is what you've got. I want to know from you, what do you think is the one way that you would be entertained or pulled into watching a sport that maybe you don't watch, but if this happens, eh, it might get you to watch. I think there's one answer that fits, fixes all the sports. And I'm talking PBA bowling. I'm talking NASCAR, tennis, soccer. What else am I missing? What other sports are on TV that probably aren't as popular as fans of that sport think they should be? Bowling, NASCAR, golf. Ah, I like golf to it. Golf, tennis. Uh, what else? I would throw hockey in there. Yeah, see, I don't know. Hockey to me isn't I hockey. Isn't hockey more popular than the other sports I just named? I mean, I, I would have to look at the TV ratings to make sure I'm right on that. I guess, but the gap between three and four is so wide. It is. Though. It is. But I, but I think there's a. Isn't there a gap between four and the rest? Well, yeah. I mean, now how big is the gap between NHL and NASCAR? I don't know. From a TV rating standpoint, is there a huge gap between those two? I would say so because the epitome of NASCAR, the final chase for the cup, draws nowhere near what a Stanley Cup final would. Good point. Yes. Because the NHL does draw well once they get to the postseason. So many people say they won't watch the NHL. But when the playoffs start, then they come around and then they're in on the NHL. Kind of like baseball. Uh, yeah, to on a, a national scale. NBA is the same way too, because the NBA playoffs are dramatic, uh, and there tends to be great series and theater and so forth. But I still think there's one way that all of these other sports that aren't the big three or big four 
can still win you in to watch them on TV. It has to do with what happened here with Kyrgios at Wimbledon yesterday. I do have a tie-in because I think Kyrgios is a perfect example. You know what I'm talking about. We'll discuss next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Dial it up. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250am, the fan. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fancy Sparky Fiverr with you, A.R. Adam Roberts. Other side of the glass, executive producer, Toby Altizer. He'll be here coming up in about a half hour. All right, so I want to talk more about what we were, we're talking about here. If you didn't hear these curious comments uh, from Wimbledon uh, yesterday, he got into it uh with a judge, a line judge or whatever they call him in tennis, uh, about this drunk lady that wouldn't shut up while he was trying to serve and so forth and wanted her taken out and said she, she pretty much could have cost me that match uh, by being stupid pretty much, and this is how it played out. Yeah, it shouldn't be coming down to your opinion. She's distracting me when I'm serving in a Wimbledon final. When, there's no other bigger occasion. You didn't believe me, and then she did it again. It nearly cost me the game. Yeah, okay, but why is she still here? She's drunk out of her mind the first row, speaking to me in the middle of the game. What's acceptable? Nothing is acceptable. Okay, so kick her out. I don't know which one it is. I know exactly which one it is. Tell me. It's the one in the, the dress with the, the one that looks like she's had about 700 drinks <laughs> The one that looks like she's had about 700 drinks because she was talking to him in his surf. This, to me, is how you fix all of these other sports, okay? This is real, real simple. And I've got examples of what I mean by when I say this. In order to get people to watch your favorite niche sport, my buddy texted me in the break, said, hey, don't forget about Formula One. Formula One's another great example. Now, far more popular outside of the U.S. than maybe inside the U.S., but when they do race inside the U.S., down in Texas, they always seem to draw a ton of people, and so obviously it's plenty popular here. The times in which they race is, is the problem. But when you take um, a sport like bowling, right, like the PBA Tour, and, and you know, I used to do the spare time bowling show with my guy Dwight Albrecht, Phil Brylo, uh, back in the day for, I guess we did for like a decade somewhere in that area, um, on Sunday mornings. You take a guy like Pete Weber, right? And he has that one moment and he says what he says and it blows up on ESPN, on SportsCenter, it blows up on social media, and then you get that push, right? So now every time Pete Weber makes a TV finals and they put it out on social media, you get that push of people wanting to see what Pete Weber is going to do next. Who do you think you are? I am. Right. Who do you think you are? I am. That moment from Pete Weber. That was a huge moment for the tour. Even though it was one of their older guys, it was a huge moment because people ran to that to see what he would do next and tuned it in. Guy wearing the sunglasses and all of that. And you had people talking about it in other sports as well. Huge moment. Big personality is Pete Weber. And that helped the PBA tour to a certain degree. What made tennis tennis back then was the personalities. Crazy, out-of-control John McEnroe throwing rackets and swearing and losing his mind every five minutes. Jimmy Connors losing his mind, going nuts when they're playing one another or when he's playing somebody else. Boris Becker, another hothead who's going crazy. So you had that. 
People tuned in to see that. That's what it was. Because you didn't know who was going to say what or do what or how this whole thing was going to play out. Now, until this dude showed up, and now maybe we'll have more of this, you really haven't had it. Nadal and Federer and those guys, you don't have that type of personalities that go along with it. They're excellent tennis players, some of the best we've ever seen, but you don't get the headlines out of them other than win-loss or what they did. But the personality that goes along with it during the event itself is not there like it is with Curios, and you can see it. He's just blown up over the last week with all the, with all the stuff he's been doing. I, I, this is it right here for tennis. Like They need this guy to be good enough to stay on the stage now and have more of these moments AR. I'm glad you bring it up because you mentioned in the first segment NASCAR. You used to do a show yes, on Yes, Marky's file inspection. And I used to work in truck series racing for a little while. Okay. So I, when I talk to people about NASCAR and about that sport and why they have weaned in interest in it for the last decade, 15 years or so. Earnhardt's dead. That Gordon is a big retired. thing. That's another one. Those, those were the two. And again, you go back to senior, the, he was part of that sport. And you had the other guys before him. You had fights on the infield and everything else going on and huge personalities. Dale Earnhardt's personality was bigger than life. He was that southern draw, down south guy or whatever, and huge fan bases. He dies, right? Now Junior is, is running. I swear on my life. Been to several NASCAR races. Back then, 98% of the crowd were junior fans mm-hmm. because it was Senior's kid for no other reason. He hadn't done anything. So that that He inherited that fan base. Then you fast forward, and Gordon's out of the sport, Junior's out of the sport, and you look around and go, well, now who? Jimmy Johnson picked up and left and went to IndyCar. I mean, they are now relying on their younger guys to try and push them back into the spotlight. That's interesting. You think of a guy like Matt Kenseth, Wisconsin guy. Boring. Very boring. People have called him milk toast yeah, and boring. is in many ways like a perfect example for what most of NASCAR, like a guy like um, the only Kyle one I can think of. Bush is a lightning rod guy, right? Mm-hmm. Joey Harvick Logano. was a lightning guy. Logano, Keselowski, some of those guys. But now they're all getting older too. I mean, that's that's the thing. Now they got this other series going on on CBS, SRX. Is that the name of the series? I, I think, think so. And you've got all these senior guys like Bobby Labonte and all these guys, or Michael Waltrip. It's a Tony Stewart uh, type deal led series, and you got like Matt Yoakum as a sideline guy for it, and so forth. That's really good uh, as well, and it's long overdue. I, I I'd been saying you didn't know this, but years ago. I was on my show on, on file inspection with Steve Zotke and NASCAR Girl Summer Santana pleading with anybody that would listen to take that truck series and instead of making it a developmental program to the, the next series, make it a 10-race deal during the year, put all the old dudes in trucks, and let that be the senior circuit for NASCAR and have 10 truck races a year and take those truck races and put them on tracks that don't get NASCAR races. So if the Milwaukee Mile doesn't get nationwide races or cup races anymore because they're going elsewhere, give the Mile a truck race with these seniors. If Iowa, now they get them now, but if Iowa wasn't getting NASCAR races, give them a truck series race and let them race. Some of these old racetracks that have been been abandoned or left behind or whatever else, revitalize them, let them have a truck race. 
and make that the traveling series. So that obviously never happened, and somebody finally got smart enough to do it with this this new series that they started, what was it, last year, two years ago? I, I'm old. I'm losing track of time. But it's been going on for a couple of years. I don't know what the numbers look like for it, but it's a great concept. I was so curious. Um, now, you've been here in this area way longer than I have. Whole life. And I, while I have grown up in Fond du Lac and I've obviously been down here a lot, I was in lacrosse for a decade. Sure. So I'm not super up to date. Have you noticed that Road America ads are popping up in the Milwaukee area a lot more than they used to? Uh, they've always been here. Have they really? Yeah. Because I see them on billboards. Every time there's an event up at, in Elkhart Lake, I always see those billboards. And I was just wondering, because over on my side of the state, you would never see ads for anything. Now, obviously, the distance is a lot a farther. A huge distance, right. But Yeah, they advertise a lot in Madison, Green Bay, Milwaukee, um, in that general region. They advertise in Chicago. Mm. They run advertising, I know for a fact, they run advertising down in the Chicago area as well. Now, that might have been why, because we had the Fairground Speedway in West Salem, so sure. that was our hub for area racing. Right. You know something really sad I just thought of? So you mentioned Michael Waltrip yeah. on that old uh, SRX series. Do you know how I was introduced to Michael Waltrip? It's so sad, and it's going to represent a huge age difference here. Uh oh. I remember him from the Citizen Echo Drive watch commercials he did in like 2005, 2006. Did you know who he was? Uh, I knew vaguely of the name. Right. Yes. But the Napa car, no idea. Not a clue. It was like, oh, that's the guy with the watch. Yeah, no. Yeah. (laughs) But but, but again, I mean, to me, any of these these niche sports or whatever that don't have the big following you need the big personalities to get you on a sports center to get you a social media buzz that's what you need if you don't have that then your core fan base will always be there it may grow a little from time to time over you know oh my dad watched it all the time so I've watched it since I was a kid right that's a lot of what you have in NASCAR and so forth so okay so maybe you have that but expanding outside of that probably doesn't happen unless you have the gigantic personalities that do things to get you that national buzz. And you can't create them. I can't make Matt Kenseth interesting to the Not point where, where, he's, where that's going to happen. He is who he is. He's a great dude. Mm-hmm. Interviewed him a bunch. Like, no problem. But he is who he is. He's not Kyle Busch, right? He's not Kurt Busch. He's not Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski. These guys... And all of those guys, again, getting much older here as we go, but all of those guys with the whining and the crying and the jawing and all that other stuff, say whatever you want about Danica Patrick. And you can say she wasn't, she wasn't a good NASCAR driver and da-da-da-da-da. Okay, fine. But she always had him in the news. Every time she did something, what happened? Sports Center would have her on TV throwing a fit, yelling and screaming about something. IndyCar, same thing. Had him up on TV screaming and yelling and having a fit. IndyCar right now is a fairly deep sport as far as driver talent goes. I mean, it is really deep. And who's talking about it? Who? Who's talking about it? Nobody. I mean, it's just, it's really good right now. And nobody's even mentioning it. Honestly, at my other job, a lot of the guys I work with are big Formula One fans. They'll sure. like get together and they'll watch the yep. races even before we start our work at right. like 5 a.m. I asked them when the 500 was coming up, so are you guys into that at all, IndyCar? Nope. Nope. No interest whatsoever. You know where else this could be applicable? Olympic sports. That's different. Really? No. That's that's a whole different thing, right? Mm. Because the reason why I think Olympic sports, first of all, when we get to Olympic sports, maybe I'm wrong. 
So I think you have a, a fan base that looks at it and says, if it's got a flag, I'm watching it, right? If the United States flag is on it, regardless of what it is, and they're playing other countries, I'm watching and cheering for the U.S. Got that group of fans. Then you have another group of fans that watch the Olympics for the sport they participated in in high school or growing up. Like I was a swimmer in high school and swam in college and can't wait to watch swimming in the Olympics, right? Or I played water polo in high school or whatever else. I can't wait to watch it in the Olympics or whatever, right? So then you have those those people that tune in to see that certain sport. Then you have another group of people that want to watch the sports that they deem as possibly dangerous and something crazy could happen, right? Like downhill skiing and that type of stuff where some guy could go tumbling down a hill or something. So then you have those that, okay, this is crazy. I'm going to watch this and appreciate that. But I don't know how many people watch the Olympics just to watch the Olympics without having one of those tie-ins. I think you're in one of those groups and then I think whatever else is left, I think is small. And then how, well, probably larger than the other group, but then how do you get those in a loud mouth talk and skier? Maybe, I guess maybe that gets you to watch skiing. I don't know. I mean, Ryan Lochte certainly had a very polarizing personality when he was on the Olympic swim team. I don't, yeah. again, I don't know how many people have brought in, but it was something that every time you saw him, that was attached to him and it was a talking piece. Sure, absolutely. And then, of course, Michael Phelps. Now, I'm talking about outside of his greatness in the pool, which is undisputed. The guy was an yes. absolute machine. But he also, once he got into that upper echelon of swimmers, he had a little bit of an edge, which was earned, but it still was an edge that would draw people in, I think, a little bit. And also to see if he can set another record, get I another think, gold. I think when you talk about the Olympics, if you want to draw people in, more than what you have already, then there has to be a country that this country absolutely despises and hates. I and didn't that, want to say that, but and, that's that's got to be a little part of but, it, I think. But that country also has to be good. Yeah. Like, it can't be, oh, we hate this country, and they're last in everything. Oh, that's, nobody's going to tune in to watch that. But yeah, that's what U.S.-Soviet Union was back in the day, right? U.S.-Russia. That, that's what that all was. Miracle on Ice and all that stuff. We all hated them. I felt and that's the, what that was. And and we were kind of the underdog in that whole thing on top of it. So now you really had added interest to slay the dragon and the dragon that you couldn't that you didn't like. And that's that's what goes along with all these sports we're talking about. Tennis, bowling, NASCAR, soccer, all of that is you gotta have that big personality that people either love or people hate. But they have an opinion one way or the other. And if you say their name, they can tell you about that person. That's 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 the big thing here. Whatever somebody evokes emotion, if you got a bunch of people that don't evoke emotion out of the fan base, then you're going to have a hard time bringing people in to watch that sport. I think we felt a watered-down version of it around 2010 when Vancouver hosted the Winter Olympics, the USA-Canada sure. rivalry that existed. Yes, I say watered-down because nothing could compare with what the Soviet Union and the U.S. had in the 70s no. and 80s. No. And I'm not even going to try to But the U.S.-Canada thing is kind of the NHL thing, too, to a yes. certain degree, right? I mean, that's that's kind of what plays into that uh, for sure. All right, Bob Nightingale comes up next. Odyssey MLB Insider, USA Today MLB columnist. We had him on early in the first hour of the Wendy's Big Show. He had a report over the weekend uh, talking about the fact that the Brewers are open for business on Josh Hader, telling teams that, hey, look, we'll field offers. Uh, so does that mean they're going to trade him? Yeah, probably doesn't necessarily mean they're going to trade him. But the fact that they've made it known that they're willing to to open up the phone lines and they'll consider it really for the first time 
uh, is interesting. And we'll talk to Bob Nightingale, and we'll replay that for you. Coming up next, don't forget Fat Afternoon Show with Toby Altizer up at 3. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan, live from the Lakeland University Studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Over the weekend, Bob Nightingale, USA Today Sports, uh, baseball MLB columnist, I uh, had a piece in which he mentioned that the Brewers are open for business on Josh Hader, taking calls and letting teams around the baseball know that they will take calls on Josh Hader. That does not mean they'll find a deal worth trading him for, but they are telling everybody that, okay, you know, he's a free agent after next year. We think we can do good enough with Devin Williams and Brad Boxberger, how we currently sit. We can still probably win the division with those two guys closing out games at the back end. We feel comfortable now maybe moving him for a gigantic package that we are pretty sure we can get. So let's see what you got. Trade deadline's August 2nd. So this gives, um, what, three, four weeks to figure out a deal here that best suits them and gives them a chance to get a bidding war going if they truly are possibly going to trade them. I don't know if they will or not. We'll have to wait and see. But what I think it does tell you is they don't believe they're a World Series team. And I agree. I don't think they're a World Series team either. I think they're a playoff team. I think they win the division. And they get to the playoffs. Dodgers, Braves, Mets, that's an awful lot to deal with. I just, I personally don't think they can do, uh, get past those guys or multiple multiples of those teams in order to get to a World Series and then possibly win it. They just, they just don't have enough. And I think the front office realizes that and realizes, all right, look, we just get in the playoffs, that's five straight years. 
Uh, that's that's still good, and there's nothing wrong with that. And if we can resupply our farm system with positions that we're short at first and third, let's say, and get a couple of young bats that are on the verge of being major league ready and being able to put them into our lineup maybe as early as next year, uh, I think that's a win. That's a that's a positive for the Brewers. Uh, because if you don't do it now, then maybe you do it in the winter, and that's fine if they want to do it in the winter, but the package will probably be less because a team that's going to trade for Josh Hader now gets him for the playoff run this year and gets him for a playoff run next year. And whoever's going to make this deal is going to be a team that is a really good baseball team that's in a hunt for a World Series. That's who's going to want him. Now, the team that makes the most sense, obviously, is Los Angeles Dodgers, as Bob Nightingale points out in the piece, because you know they have one of the best farm systems, and they need uh, a better person than Craig Kimbrell at this point. All right, so here is Bob Nightingale, and I, I just started it off uh, uh, and asked him, uh, is this any different than past years? Like, in past years, did they pretty much just hang up the phone when somebody called on Josh Hader, and now this year they're telling everybody, okay, we're going to listen now. Now, in the past, yeah, we really didn't want to hear any of this stuff, but now we're, we're going to listen. How is this any different? How different is it? Yeah, I'm not sure, yeah, I know they've listened in the past during the winter for sure, during the spring. I'm not sure at the All-Star break. You know, maybe they say, you know, like you said, I mean, they'll, they'll listen. We got to be, you know, completely overwhelmed, you know, totally, you know, zero chance of it happening. But now I think they're just more open to it where they can get, you know, younger uh, in stockpile. They don't have a very good farm system. So I, I find it interesting that, you know, they're thinking – that we could actually trade Josh Hader, we got Williams there, and be just as good and still win the division. I mean, it's a bad division; they can still, you know, win with or without him. Uh, I think they, I think they definitely keep him, but I do believe he gets moved during the winter. I don't think they want to pay, you know, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen million dollars uh, for a closer. Not when Corbin Burns is going to have to get paid here in the next couple of years as well. So, and then you're wasting that money on Yelich currently, uh, as we speak too. When we talk about uh, Josh Hader and teams that might be interested. The one team you brought up was the Dodgers. And as a Brewer fan, Bob, that just that gives me the willies a little bit here. Like I, I don't want to get into a position where the Brewers are in the playoffs and they have to face Hader in the playoffs the the year they they trade Hader to another team. So like as a Brewer fan, I'm going, just trade him to the AL so we don't have to deal with him. But I know from a business standpoint, you probably can't do that. You probably just have to trade him to whoever makes you the best package. Yeah, and, and the thing about the Dodgers is, you know, they have the most prospects. They have the best prospects. You know, they're deeper than anybody. So if you're going to train with someone, and the Dodgers do have a need, you know, with with Craig Kimball struggling, you know, that would, you know, that would make the most sense. Uh, I think they're they're in more need you know, as far as the power teams, more need of a uh, of a closer than anybody. When we talk about Devin Williams, uh, that's one of the guys that I think Brewers fans thought was going to be on the All-Star team this year. Um, And maybe he's not on the All-Star team because he's a setup guy. Maybe that's the reason. Uh, But I think Brewers fans would have confidence in him as a closer. Did you think Devin Williams uh, should have had the All-Star nod? I thought he had a chance. I mean, there's so many guys. I mean, I was stunned that Carlos Rodon of the Giants uh, didn't make it. He's been lights out. There were a number of guys, the the filler guys, uh, Wheeler and uh, and Nola, they had a, you know they certainly had a chance too. So uh, usually there's some guys added on. The, uh, there's a lot of guys added on the end. Guys who can't start on. Uh, guys who are pitching on Sunday, so they can't pitch in the All Star game. Late injuries, everything else. So we're going to see a, a good 10, 15 uh, players added to each squad before this is all said and done. 
You know, the other thing, too, about this, when we talk about this Brewers team versus that Cardinals team that's coming behind, and the Brewers obviously lose a series to the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Cardinals have been struggling uh, as well. And we had a caller on before you came on, and he just said, well, the Cardinals are only a a pitcher two away, and, and they could win this division. And my counter was right, but the Brewers are a batter two away from being significantly better uh, as well. Uh, as you look at these two teams, who do you handicap to win this division? Yeah, I mean, you know, St. Louis has got those stars, and you know, it seems like they always have a uh, you know guys that that come on the second half. We'll see. I I do think they'll be aggressive and go get a starter. Uh, you know. It, you know, how many times is Paul Goldschmidt and Arenado going to have these kind of years, uh, particularly the same year? So I do think they'll get a uh, starter, but, yeah, maybe that's, you know, the Brewers have to get some kind of bat, uh, you know, either, you know, DH or outfield, something to get going. I mean, last year, you think about it, if they had beat Atlanta the first round, they might have won the World Series. You know, they had the pitching, they just got shut down offensively. And, you know, pitching is usually what wins you in, in the postseason you got to get some runs. Well, that's just it. Talking with Bob Nightingale, Odyssey MLB Insider, USA Today MLB columnist. Follow him on Twitter at Beat Nightingale. Uh, and we were talking with John Heyman about this last week when we had him on. There's just not a lot of bats out there. I mean, when Ben Intendia is apparently your best bat uh, in Kansas City, that's not a really high bar. So I, I, I just don't know if there's enough out there for a team that needs bats like the Brewers. I mean, if you look at, you know, who was it? Was it Atlanta last year that redid their outfield or whatever? Uh, and got on that run. I, there's just not that quality of bats out there this year for the Brewers. No, they're they're not. I mean, at least there's a lot more, not a lot more, but more bats than pitchers. And if you have one a starting pitcher, and you got Luis Castillo of uh, of the Reds, and a big drop off. You don't know what's going to happen uh, to Montas of, of Oakland. You know, he misses. Uh, only pitched one in the last start. You know, strained shoulder. Uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, you know be some red flags there. So at least there's enough bats there. You know, you got the uh, Josh Bells of the world, Nelson Cruz, uh, you know, both of, of Washington, those type of guys. Besides Ben Tenney, you got David Peralta of Arizona. So at least there's more inventory as far as position players than, than pitchers, particularly starting pitching. Bob, when we talk about uh, the uh, NL right now, who are your top three teams in the NL right now? Is it Dodgers, Mets, and then maybe Braves again, or where would you go? Yeah, I'll go with Dodgers one, Atlanta two, uh, and they're playing such great baseball. Yep. And then Mets three, and then and then a drop off. I think a uh, you know you know I put the Dodgers you know above uh, Atlanta and the Mets, but the. Uh, but those three, those three teams, I think, have separated themselves from the back, and I, I really do. Padres viewed as a disappointment then at this point? You know, I thought a month ago they were going to win the division, and uh, particularly after uh, Walker Bueller got hurt. Who knows when he's coming back? Uh, it seemed like they had too many little things going wrong. But they just have so, many, so much depth do so many little things uh, right. I do think the Padres uh, you know, will certainly be in the, in the playoffs. I think the Padres, you know, kind of in the, in the Cardinals and Brewers class right there. I mean, the Padres can throw a good six, seven starters at you. They're deep. They're, they're like the Brewers, though. They need some offensive help. Uh, they, they need a, a, a big bat in there. And I, I, I think they'll get it because they have the uh, starting pitch in the deal. Let, let's talk about uh, Shohei Otani. Uh, in the season that he's putting together again after last year, 
Um, I, I don't know necessarily if he goes and wins MVP, but at this point, I mean, if he continues to do this year to year, it, it's going to be hard to not to give him the MVP year to year if he continues to hit and pitch like he has been. No, but uh, my only thing with the MVP is most viable players, not the best player. You know, if it was the best player, you know, Bray Bond should have won it 15 straight years. Right. And he did it. Uh, I, I like it coming from a team that's in the playoffs, or at least fighting for the playoff first. Uh, I mean, you and I could, you know, replace Shohei Atani, and, and the Angels are still going to stink. They're not going to win more games <laughs> and, you know, if I lose them more. You know what I'm saying? Not, you know, you got to be a difference maker a little bit. I found it fascinating that in the uh, all-star balloting by the players, remember now the players vote for the pitchers, right. that the players did not vote for Otani as a pitcher uh, or Kershaw for a pitcher, at, uh, for that matter. I, mean, I, I found that intriguing. Yeah, that is interesting, right? Because, I mean, he made it both as a pitcher and as a hitter, correct? Yeah, but MLB stepped in and might man of the pitcher. Uh, you know, he got voted by the fans at the DH. Uh, but the players are not people did not vote him. Uh, I'm sure you, uh, you know, the players probably had him high as a DH, either you know, first or second. But it's interesting that they didn't have him, you know, among the top, you know, 10, 10 12 pitchers. I, uh, I will simply say this that uh, if Major League Baseball has a brain, uh, they let Otani hit too. Uh, you just figure it out. He did it the last, didn't he do it last year? Didn't he hit last year in the All Star game and he pitched Otani? Like you just, you just figure it out. Like he's gonna do both, and that's it. You can't have Otani in the game and then never hit. That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. People are gonna want to see him hit a home run or do whatever he's gonna do out there on the field. It's baseball. Watch him screw it up. I know. I understand. Ar. I get it. But I'm just saying, like, you can deem him a pitcher, but you better figure out a way to get him, let him at least get one at bat in the baseball game on top of everything else. That's all I'm saying. All right, take a quick time out. We'll come back. We'll hear from our guy, Toby Altizer, Fan Afternoon Show, straight ahead. Welcome in. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. I had a great time out at Summerfest. Don't forget, they'll be at State Fair as well. Check out for more information at MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Again, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Toby Altizer joins us now here in the Lakeland University studios. He gets ready for the Fan Afternoon Show coming up from 3 until 6. You'll have Toby as your host for the next couple of weeks, uh, hanging out with you. Before we get to what's coming up on your show, a couple of things to uh, get your thoughts on on this show. Yeah, I was listening, driving in. Okay, not that. I want to get your thoughts on this. So Major League Baseball, remember, agreed that you could trade compensation picks now in the Mm -hmm. amateur draft, which is coming up now. The Atlanta Braves today acquired the number 35 pick in the 2022 first-year player draft. So that's a comp pick, okay? Mm -hmm. From the Kansas City Royals, in exchange for infielder C.J. Alexander, right-handed pitcher Andrew Hoffman, and outfielder Drew Waters. Three players, prospects, minor league prospects, for a pick in between rounds one and two. Yeah, what about it? You think that, that makes sense to you? Yeah, I, I'm floored by it. Like I, I just yeah, I like it. If if I'm the I'm Braves, I'm shocked by it. If I'm the Braves, I like it because you get a pick that's right. I agree before the second round, so essentially a first round pick. And you've seen Drew Waters at the major league level, and he hasn't necessarily panned out. He's kind of blocked at this point too because their Harris kid that's come up is Michael Harris is the truth. hitting the ball extremely well. And speed, he's got everything. And, and I was reading some people from Braves Twitter talking about it, and they've done a good job of identifying what their outfield talent is going to be because they traded 
Christian Pache in the offseason out to Oakland right? because they realized he wasn't going to be a major league caliber bat. So they're like, you know, we can live without defense. So they, they bring Harris up. He's been good. They have no need for Waters anymore. You get a pick that's essentially a late first rounder. And I think it's a great move for the Braves. And then at the same point, it's worth it for the Royals because you bring in a guy that maybe – if he hits his potential, because Drew Waters has been a pretty highly rated prospect, he can come in and maybe take the place of Ben Benintendi once he heads out. Well, it's interesting because you're right. Uh, Waters is 23. They get this kid, Andrew Hoffman, who uh, is 22 and has been between single A and high A two seasons, has an ERA of 246 mm-hmm. uh, in that time. Again, only 22. Uh, and then this other kid, CJ Alexander, is an infielder. He's 25, so he's a little bit older. Um, and I'm not sure where he, how he ends up going. He hasn't hit all that well in the minors, but he was a first round pick or no 20th round pick in the 2018 draft. That just seems like a lot of three players for a guy that literally you have no freaking clue of what he's going to be when you take him in the amateur draft at this point. So, well, the other thing is they're trying to uh, create some space, I believe on their 40 man. Because they brought in Robbie Cano. Yes. So they're getting rid of Drew Waters. Who's starting against the Mets? It doesn't make any sense. Why, why is right Robbie Cano he hit making well. his rounds? He hit well in AAA when he was down there. He's yeah. hit over 300, I think. Whatever you say. I'm just saying. Robbie Cano, come on. At this point in his career, I mean, this isn't Robbie Cano from 2015 or All something All like you're trying to do is catch lighting in a bottle for a couple months. Yeah. So I guess it worked for him last year. If, if Robbie Cano finds... The fountain of youth in October, this all looks genius. I mean, last year they brought in three dudes or whatever at the yep. deadline, and it worked out. So three outfielders. They yeah. redid the whole outfield. Why not? Right. Uh, okay, Toby Altizer, uh, what's coming up on your show? going to start off the show by asking you, what do you honestly want out of the Brewers? And I was talking to Adam beforehand. Can you give me, Adam, exactly what I'm trying to ask here? So the way I uh, approached it when you – approached me with this topic in question was, oh, I get it. So basically you're asking, what do you want from me? That's exactly what I'm asking with the Brewers. What do you want from the Brewers? Because they're a successful baseball team. They are spending the most money that they've ever spent in the franchise history. They're first in the division. And yet I've seen trade Josh Hader talk today on this station. Bob Nightingale with the report over the weekend. That's fine. I've seen that talk. I've seen... Let's sell off and start over. I've seen we're terrible, trade Adamus, move on from everyone. I've seen this is a bottom-feeding team. What is this, it? This is, for me, It's <laughs> I, I said it earlier, everybody can be had at this point outside of Corbin Burns. He's untouchable. Anybody else, if somebody comes with a great offer, you move them. And, again, this is – I'm different than everybody else. I've talked about this before. I would attach Ashby and some decent prospect – with Yelich to get rid of Yelich and get rid of that contract to give you the opportunity to possibly sign Woodruff and Burns long-term. That, that's what I would do. And it's completely unconventional. I understand that. But you're Milwaukee. You can't be stuck with this contract if he doesn't ever figure out how to become more than a 300 slap hitter. Well, I mean, you, you just you can't. Here's the other thing, Sparky. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. How do you want to approach this if you're the Brewers? If you want to be good for the next decade, I agree. Extend Woody, extend Burns. And Yelich has to go because you can't extend both of them yep. and have Yelich. If you want to try and win in this window of the next two to three years, I don't know that extending Burns and Woody, as blasphemous as that sounds, makes sense because you're paying this dude six and a half right now. No, 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 no. You're no, only no. paying him six and a half right no, now. No, 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 no. I'm can not get... trying to pay them $20 million a year right now. Sure. No, no, we're you not going add that no, route. But here's what I'm saying. This is your window right now. Yes. So you can save 
on them. If you want to extend them and it's down in the future, that's fine too. But if it's going to raise their price tag right now, stupid. No chance. No, I agree with you a thousand percent. No, I'm not trying to extend them right now. No, I want to play about as cheap and as long as possible. Absolutely, without question. Um, So yeah, we both agree on that. I'm just saying that. You know, what do you want from me? Well, I want a World Series is what I want, but I'm also smart enough to know they don't got enough. They just don't got enough right now. And they're too far away to say that, well, if we keep Hater and we get a bat, we're good. No, you're not. So now if I keep Hater and I get two bats, now I'm good. Maybe, depending on how those bats play, when you get them and they don't go back to being what they were prior. Um, So trading Hater to me... The winner makes a lot of sense. Trading Hater to me now is very unbrewer-like, uh, as far as it makes what sense, history says. Okay, but you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck if you move Hater now versus if you wait to the winter. That's my prop. That, that's my thing. Can they win the division, as Nightingale points out, with Williams and Boxberger? And Nightingale points out the Brewers believe they probably can. I agree. I think they can still win the division with those two guys in the back end of the bullpen because when Peralta comes back. Ashby's going back to the pen, and now you've got Ashby, Boxberger, and Peralta, 7-8-9. That should be good enough. Mm-hmm. Now, are they going to be hater? No. They're going to blow a couple. But they're going to be still better than what the average is around baseball for closers, so you'll still be in a position. And we're looking at the top five prospects for the Dodgers because that was a team that was brought up. They've got a, uh, they have two guys that play first of some sort, first, second, or first, second, third, whatever. So you need first and you need third. You have none of that coming up in your farm system. So that fills two needs. Their top guy is a catcher. I don't think you necessarily need a catching prospect, but they've got a pitching in that top prospect. I mean, if you get three or four of those top five prospects, let's say you get both dudes that are the first baseman, second baseman, first base, second, third base prospects, and Gavin Lux. And it's those three for Hayter. Lux automatically becomes your best hitter yeah. hitting over 300. He slides into second base. Mm-hmm. Now I can trade Colton Wong to another team and get me another prospect or whatever I can get for Colton Wong at this point. And Gavin Lux is my future at second base. If you do that, that means you're telling Urias, eh, you're probably not my future, at which point now you can start debating what you want to do with Urias going forward uh, as well. If you look at Willie Adamas and go, ah, maybe last year was just luck. Maybe he's not that. Maybe he's not that guy after all. Mm-hmm. And you want to move Adamas and move Arias back to short? You have that option too. To, but to sit here and look at this and go, yep, we're good. No need to tinker. We got it. I think that's ignorant. I, I don't think you are good right now. Not good from a World Series standpoint. You're not beating the Dodgers. You're not beating the Mets. And you're not beating the Braves with this roster. So do you, you're not in the boat at all of, let's move a couple guys at the deadline, try to improve, but let's hope we catch lightning in a bottle, and then we'll figure it out in the offseason. There's too much. I mean, I'm fine waiting and move Hater in the offseason. That's what you want to do. I'm not going to be mad. But I get opening up the phone lines and saying, somebody knocks our socks off, we're out. I totally get that. Because that is, in my opinion, David Stearns and Matt Arnold saying, we know we're not going to win a World Series. We know we're not good enough. So because of that... We're going to open it up and see if we can get a blockbuster deal that could set us up for the next five to ten years if we get the right guys in a package that can go along with Woodruff and Burns or whatever the case may be going forward. Yeah, I'm interested in to see what they're going to do because I don't think they're going to move. I think they're going to sit right here and make a move or two to go get a guy. They're not selling. I don't think so. They're, I think I they. I, I think, think there's they any could. chance that they're But doing see, that. but that's just it though. If you trade Hater, are you selling? Is that a selling move? It depends upon who you're getting. Right. If you're if you're if you're saying you're going to get Lux 
and then a couple of prospects, I wouldn't say that's a selling. Because move. Lux is at the major league level Lux is helping playing him, right now. Right? But if you trade him for three, four prospects, none of them of which are going to play in the majors this year, that's a selling move. So I'm interested to see exactly what they do. I don't. I agree with you. I don't think it's a Brewers type move to, for them to move on from Hater during the season. Nope. I think you could see that in the off season. Yep. I still don't know how I feel about that because. Maybe I'm higher on this Brewers team than can't, a lot of people. But you can't lose him for nothing unless exactly. you, you think you're really close. I mean, Prince Fielder went into his last year of his deal. They got to the deadline, and they were definitely the favorite in the NL at that point because they, they were rolling. So well, we're not moving them. We're going to go try and win a World Series right now. So they played it out. Can the Brewers add enough offense next offseason to convince me that they're going to be one of those top three teams in the NL next year? I don't know how. I don't know how they would add that much offense in one offseason unless you're trading away pitching to get bats. Well, and the Brewers have found a way to develop pitching, whether it's going to be starters, yep. relievers, Devin all Williams. people's cast-offs. Devin Williams has looked all the bit of a major league closer. So, sure I mean, if you decide to move on from Hader, which I'm still not in favor of, you, you've got ways to fill in holes. Correct. Definitely. And that's just crazy to me that we're talking about the Brewers are developing pitching. Never in my life did I thought we'd ever <laughs> be having that conversation. All right, what else you got? Coming up at 4, we'll talk about the Bucks offseason. What grade would you give them this year? Tim Allen comes up at 4.30. We'll do some draft mockery. I think we're going to do uh, baseball jargon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've corn. done that before. Yeah, I can't. I, it's been a while, though. Yeah, they've done that before, yeah. It's been a little bit of a time, so I think, I think we can re-roll that around. Yeah, that's a good one. I don't, I don't mind that at all. All right, there he is. Toby Altizer coming up. Fan afternoon shows uh, coming up uh, today. Uh, don't go anywhere. Stay tuned for Toby. I know I told you we were going to talk about these stupid self-checkouts and everything yeah, we'll I can tomorrow. grill him during the show. It, it's already 3.05. we got to get to his show. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 